Welcome to the Worship Leader Problems Podcast with your host, Jeremy, and codename Joel. Look, worship ministry can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Well, welcome to episode five of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Number five. Number five. Cinco. So I'm one of your hosts, uh, Jeremy, and I'm sitting here with Mr. Probs himself. Uh, uh, do you want to go by Pat today? Sure. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. that works. That comes with, with comic expectations it does oh. well, true or fa- true or false you helped write the song sales <laughs> well i think pat did uh, so yeah i guess i did yeah okay awesome that's great so hey welcome to uh, another episode it, it has been the feedback we're getting in the dms through some emails the reviews you guys are leaving on uh the the different podcasting platforms really means the world mm, to us so cool uh, yeah, I love Mr. Probs, Mr. Pat himself. Uh, we were talking uh, before we started recording. And as we were praying for this episode, he just said, man, just a little pet project and God is just kind of anointing it and ordaining it. And so we hope you're finding um, some help in situations that uh, you maybe didn't know how to deal with in your church, maybe learning some new ways to have some systems or to deal with people. Um, because here's the deal. Um, as we were talking and dreaming about what we wanted this podcast to be about, we just hope that it would entertain, encourage, and equip. Mm-hmm. And so we hope that is what you're experiencing through this. And so, absolutely, dude, absolutely, dude, dude, tell them as we're looking at some of the statistics, how many countries are listening to this podcast? Well, it's a it's a lot, um, and again, that is this is just was not what. <laughs> anything I ever expected, which is, is so amazing and just a, a testimony to, um, to, to what God is doing. So let's see here. Obviously the U S is big for us, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Norway, Germany, Mexico, Netherlands, Spain, United Arab Emirates, France, oh, France, Brazil, Colombia, Denmark, Antigua, South Africa, Guatemala, Sweden, Morocco, New Zealand, uh, Indonesia, Poland, Turkey. I mean, and and I'm not even done yet. There's, I'm still scrolling. It's Ukraine, Japan, um, Israel. I so, mean, dude, that is that's just incredible. Incredible. Man. I think I've got us all told. Forty three different countries. Wow. Have experienced the Worship with Props podcast. Wow, isn't that just incredible, man? It's it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that. It really is, and and like Jared said earlier, just thank you guys so much for uh, for telling your friends, for sharing the links that we we post, and encouraging your friend your friends and your teams to listen. Uh, thank you for uh, the reviews, um, so helpful. And if you would just make sure you do that, if you haven't done it yet, leave us a five star uh, review on iTunes or where, wherever you're listening, and. Write some words. You know, I, I will tell you this. Um, like, like by your two hosts, tears have been shed over some of the words that we're reading uh, in the review section on iTunes. And I only talk about iTunes because that's the only one I know I know how to use. <laughs> Jeremy is the is the smart one. So uh, anyway, thank you so much. And man, we're gonna just keep rocking. So keep listening, keep sharing, keep reviewing. Um, let's do this thing. All right, Mr. Probs, you ready for this? Yes. Calvary? Cavalry. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I have been literally practicing all week, and I have to still stop and think about Calvary? Calvary. Nope. Dang it! Calvary? Cavalry. There it is, Um, man. my, My worship pastor that I serve with, just could not wrap his mind around the fact I couldn't say it. And so he goes, he thought it was fake on, on the podcast. And then I sat and tried to do it in front of him. And so I've been practicing. 
Um, and big thanks to whatever user who made those memes. Jim. That was hilarious. Jim. I was dying. <laughs> yeah, that was so incredible, man. She and she, they just kept coming. They just kept coming. They just I, kept, I haven't yep, used them all yet. But, um, oh, for man, real? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, they were gosh. really, really good. So keep the, keep those coming, man. That's awesome. So it's funny. There have been times we've told you guys that like when when Mr. Probs will ask the questions in the Instagram story, we'll lose hours of the day taking turns, getting on and, and, and answering questions. And so last night he just put up a simple meme asking, what are you dealing with in worship, you know, in your worship teams and production right now? And I didn't even know he had put that up because I had rehearsal last <laughs> night. And all of a sudden I get a text message, bro, you've got to tag in. My thumbs are cramping up. <laughs> and it was like, I would answer one and go out to see what the next, and there would be five more comments. Yeah. It's, isn't it crazy? So like, um, this was, uh, and they're, by the way, they're, they're still coming in and we're going to try to keep answering. Um, but there's, yeah, we're almost 300 so far. So are you serious? Oh yeah. Oh, oh snap. yeah. So we'll, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep answering. Um, you guys, thanks for trusting us. Um, yep. and again, even if it's just that we're a, a sounding board, um, man, that's, that's really cool. You guys, well, thank you. And here's one thing I want you guys to know out there. When you guys put this stuff in, um, I, I know for Mr. Probs and I, like when we say we're praying for you guys, like we're legitimately praying for you guys. Um, we don't want you to think that's just kind of lip service, but there, there's been things and things shared that kind of, I'm not going to lie, sometimes they break my heart. And mm -hmm. so I just want you guys to know we are lifting you guys up. Um, not always by name because there's so many of you, but um, man, we just uh, really have a heart for all of you that are out there. And so, um, which brings us to our first segment of mm -hmm. episode five. Yeah. Our MVPs. MVP. Oh. So Mr. Props, why don't you share with them who are MVPs this week? So cool, so cool. Okay, so I'm gonna struggle pronun pr with pronunciation on the on the volunteer, but I'm gonna do my very best. His name is John Maramuthu. I think I'm saying that that's as, about as close as I can come. John Maramuthu, please correct me if I'm not doing that right. He is at Spirit and Truth Christian Church in the Queens, New York. Oh, favorite um, city on the planet. Oh my gosh, it's so incredible. Nominated it by Sonia Hira. Um, and so John is a worship leader, a choir director, a youth worship leader. Um, he's a mentor who helped uh, Sonia to overcome uh, her fear of leading worship and getting on stage. So John. Oh, John. Rock on, brother. Dude, that's awesome. I love that because like, um, have you ever read Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby? No. Sounds like I need to. It's a good book. And like what he defines spiritual leadership is, um, spiritual leadership would be moving people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Mm, yeah. So as, as worship leaders, as production leaders, we get these staff people uh, and volunteers that come in. Our job as the shepherds over that flock that God's given us is to help them overcome their fears, their anxieties when they get overwhelmed and help lead them to where God wants them to be. And dude, John Maramuthu, you are living that out, bro. And so that, that's huge. And so to you, we say, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the staff MVP is Faith Schneider. And Faith is at Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas, um, nominated by Jay Picardo. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Faith uh, works uh, for the worship department at Christ for the Nations, and she's part of the worship team there. She also helps with new students, like getting them acclimated. And, you know, that's a very, very special oh, yeah. uh, special thing to help people who are moving away from home and all those things uh, to get acclimated to new surroundings and new systems and new gear and all that stuff. So Faith yeah. Schneider, Christ for the Nations Institute. I feel like... As a spiritual leader, she has an unfair advantage because her name is Faith. <laughs> right, right. You got to have a little faith, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, so like in your church, I love how it says that she is a part of the worship team there and also helps with new students getting them acclimated. In your church, do you try to use the youth ministry as almost a feeder system for your big church worship? Working on that. Yeah, we're working on that. We're, we're putting some systems and some people in place uh, to try to, um, you know, to because if it helps them, it's going to help us eventually. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. 
That's awesome. Our our worship pastor, um, he's like, I don't know, 47, 48 years old. And he said he looked around the, the one day and the worship's awesome at our church. Like we are very blessed with good musicians, great singers. And, uh, but he looked around and everyone was over the age of like 45 on stage. Mm-hmm. And so he just thought, man, we gotta, we gotta get younger. And so he started investing in the youth ministry and it's super cool. Now we've got you know, a college freshman who's up there playing bass and a couple singers who are still in high school and he's working with them. And it's just, I don't know, it's brought this new energy and this new life into what we're doing. So Faith Schneider, we salute you. Salute you, man. Way to go. Keep it up. Well, the next segment we've got going today, uh, as many of you know who have been listening, is something we like to call Prayer Concerns. And so this segment, uh, Prayer Concerns, really what it's about is, you know, how many times on Monday morning do you come in and you sit down as a staff and you get your comment cards back or your prayer cards, connection cards, we all have a different name for them. And you begin to look through them and then you guys start praying over those, those prayer requests and all of a sudden you get that one. And somebody mm. thought that prayer co- or concerns actually means complaints go here. <laughs> and so what we like to do is sit and look at these and uh, bring them onto the show here. And so if if you have any good ones that you want to share, you can just uh, email us at info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Hit us in the DMs. Um, and we would love to share it on, on, on the air with you guys. Here's the deal. Here's our promise. If you're willing to share it with us, we will not reference your name, your church, or anything. They will all be as if they're anonymous. And so, Scrub. Mr. Probs, what you got today, bud? Okay, so here's one, and this is not a long one, but it just, every time I read it, it makes me laugh. So, um, this is one that uh, someone wrote on the, on, the, uh, on the prayer card. I wish at least one song each week could be a traditional hymn. <laughs> H-Y-M-E. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad I, it means so much to you, man. Like yeah. burden yourself with the uh correct spe- <laughs> correct spelling for this okay. thing that's so passionate. You want to hear something hilarious, dude? Bring it. So last week we talked about it being too loud. <laughs> right? <laughs> so a friend calls me up that's been listening to the podcast and goes, bro. He goes, you're so ironic. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're, you're kind of poking a little fun at somebody using wrong words. And then not five minutes later, you've ref- 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 referenced Switzerland as a Scandinavian country. That's not even close. <laughs> so you're making fun of somebody f- for not having good grammar, yet you don't know geography. Hey, that's not a sweet spot, man. <laughs> I, I just laughed and I said, and that's what makes us great. Right. Uh, a friend of mine called me up and uh, he, he shared one with me that they got at their church. And they said, uh, for, for the love of God, God's not deaf. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. So apparently they think it's too loud. Too loud. <laughs> too loud. Oh, my Lord. That is amazing. Yep. yep. So again, if you guys have any prayer concerns that you would want to share with us, it's info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Hit us on the DMs. And again, we promise no names, no no name of the church or anything like that. But hey, thanks for uh, supporting us in this. Absolutely. So let's get into our last last segment of the show before we go back into part two of our episode with Chris McClarney. Um, and we like to call this section sliding into DMs. <laughs> And so, Mr. Probs, what, what you got? What do you got lined up this week? Well, okay, so we, we're getting a lot of questions about uh, that kind of. Uh, I'm going to roll them all together, and they all really deal with the issue of preparation. So, like questions about um, people not practicing at home. You know, the difference. There's a difference between practice and rehearsal. So pra- yeah. practice is what you do at home on your own. Rehearsal is what happens when you gather all the elements together. And as we call it at our church, you kind of bake the cake. You gather all Ooh. the ingredients and bake the cake. So That sounds practice, nice. Well, it also makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so pra- practice is what you do on your own. Rehearsal is what happens when everybody comes together. And so getting a lot of questions from people about, you know, our our vocalists don't practice their parts or what do you do with a, a your drummer comes and he hasn't listened to the songs yet i mean 
my word, if there's a person on your team who needs to listen to the songs before you come, it's the drummer. Um, everyone does obviously, but yeah. man, that guy is the, is the rock who's holding everything together. So we're just, we thought we would talk for a few minutes about, uh, about preparation and how important yeah. that is. Absolutely. Um, and I want to come at it too, from, from both ends of the, the sanctuary. So from the stage, what preparation looks like, and then also preparation in the booth, because I think a lot of people, if you're mixing audio or you're just running a pro presenter, don't come in fully um, prepared for the songs and you think, oh, I'm just going to hear it and I'm just going to, or all I got to do is just click the slides. And so, but let's start, let's start with the stage. And so at your church, Mr. Probs, um, what does it look like? How do you encourage people to prepare for rehearsal? Well, so we, we use planning center online and, uh, like probably a lot of you do. And so all, everything's uploaded. Like I, I make a couple of commitments to my team. So, and, and again, this is just what works for us. I'm not saying this is how you have to do it, but, uh, everything is up at least two weeks ahead of time at our church, uh, more if we can get there. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a minimum of two weeks. And so for our vocalists, like, and for our band people, there's an MP3, like, and, and by the way, we have the, that copyright license that you have to have to the rehearsal license yep, from you gotta, CCLI. You got to put that on, you got to have that to use, uh, audio stuff on planning center. So make, sure, right, you, make yeah. sure you're doing that. Um, that's good, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, it's a big deal. It's the wild west, you know, copyright stuff. So yeah. Make sure you've got that. So we put an MP3 file up there. And then we also uh, do our best for the vocalist to go in and record uh, just a piano uh, plucking parts. Like there'll be a tenor track, a soprano track, an alto track, whatever. Oh, wow. Now, there are services you can you can buy into. Uh, I think Worship Online does that. Um, there's a rehearsal mix, some other things that that you can, uh, buy into that will give you those parts as well. And so, um, I've referenced this a number of times and I need to, we need to figure out how to publish this, but like at our church, we have a list of 15 values that we use and very nearly at the top is preparation. Like preparation is, I think just such, man, it says so it says a lot about the person. Like it's a respect it issue. It's a, it's a heart issue. It speaks to, uh, where you see yourself in light of the body of Christ. Um, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's your ministry unto the Lord. It's your ministry unto your, your fellow teammates and your church. And so, man, I, it, it is, it's huge, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, scripture, actually even talks about it. I mean, if you go back to Psalms 33.3, it says, sing to him a new song, play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Um, That word skillfully, um, you're only going to gain skill if you practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Um, you know, and, and and so it's important to the Lord that I feel like when we, when we bring our offering to him and that offering, that act of worship is God give us, us all talent. And I believe that God, if he's the one that gave you those talents, expects you to give 100% of that talent back to him. Absolutely. So, so not only is, if you're unprepared, is it a deal where you're, um, where you're potentially maybe being a little selfish and you're putting yourself above the rest of the team. You're not honoring God in that. Mm, absolutely. Because you're not able to give back 100% of the talent that he's given to you if you don't practice. Absolutely. I love uh, Colossians 3.23 also says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working yes. for the Lord. That's um, right. Whatever you do. And so obviously this is, this is right in the wheelhouse. And so like in my, my, my team, uh, I talk a lot, I talk a lot about this, especially when I first got to the church, I talked a lot about it. And so they said, okay, what does that look like? What does that look like to you? And so they really pressed me on specifics. And so here's, this is what I told them. Uh, I feel like before you come to rehearsal, I would, if you need a number, I would like for you to have listened to every song 15 times. Wow. And I I would like for you for at least half of those to play along or sing along or whatever you're doing. Um, one of my favorite quotes about preparation, 
um, Sir Anthony Hopkins, right? Hannibal Lecter. Oh, wow. Just okay. an unbelievable actor. Okay. Academy Award winner and all those things. And his, his preparation method is legendary. So he has, in an, I saw an interview with him. He, when he gets a script for a movie, he reads that script 250 times out loud oh my before they begin filming. 250 times out loud. Because he said in acting, which music is very much like uh, playing off of each other, ensemble-oriented, he said yeah. he, it's not his responsibility only to know his part, but he needs to know everyone's part. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that the reactions, wow. all those things become become second nature. And so mm-hmm. preparation. So I, I get this. Uh, I, I worked once with a, uh, an instrumentalist who, who said he didn't practice anymore. He, it wasn't necessary for him. Yeah. And my, as my, I, I'm sure my face was telling the story of just how grieved my heart was by hearing. Yeah. Here's the deal. Like, it's not just about whether you can play a C7 chord at the right time. Okay. Yeah. It is, can you play that in the context of everything else that's going on around you? Yep. Right. It's not just about your ability to play your part in isolation. It's about yep. it's about being a part of the ensemble. You know, we're all worship leaders, first of all. Okay. So everything we do, like we said, Colossians, you know, 323, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working yep. for the Lord. That that absolutely your preparation uh needs to uh, to reflect that. And by the way, n- none of us is ever above practicing that's right ever like if i and my wife likes to use this example uh when she talks to uh to vocal teams or whatever she would say you know whoever lauren daigle or if somebody like that were to call you if you're a singer or a drummer or a guitar player whatever you do if they were to call you and say um we want to invite you to go on tour with lauren we're going to start next week would you say to them yeah, I'll just just give me the charts when I get there. I I don't need to practice. Yep. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. do that, right? You would yeah. probably spend every waking moment and every, all the vacation time you had saved at work, you would use it to to practice at home. And yet every week we are with all due respect to Lauren because she's incredible, but our audience is God. And we come before him, <laughs> yes. the creator of the universe. We come before him every week and we have the opportunity to put theology on the lips of people. Ooh, right? bring it. I mm-hmm. mean, this, this is a, if I've only got a couple of soapboxes, man, and this is number, <laughs> number one, like yeah. if, if you are a person who who thinks you're above practice? I want. I want to. I'm going to say something kind of bold. You need to take a leave of absence from your team. One hundred percent, I agree with that, dude. I was listening not too long ago uh, with an interview for John Mayer, and he was talking about uh, getting ready to start playing with the Grateful Dead. And so they said when he they first asked him, he thought to himself, "Well, can I do this?" And he said, "Well, not right now in this moment." So you know what, he, John Mayer who's like one of the best guitar players of our time took the next six months off. Mm. No Mm. studio time, no sessions, no, uh, no, no performances, anything. And all he did was figure out how many songs were in, in the, in in the book that they wanted to be able to cover on that tour. And every single day practiced those songs. That's for six months months, before he did nothing else. He said, I didn't make a dime. I didn't write a song. All I did was play those songs to get ready to go out. And that's John Mayer, again, best guitar player, I would say, of our time mm. right now. Mm. And he's saying he had to practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's to, and that's to go out and play for a bunch of p- potential drug addicts. You know what I mean? Yep, like, right, right. I would but say. Like what you said earlier, we're going to do it for our God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what I would like, take, take, you need to take a leave of absence if that's, if that's what's in your heart. And you need to go to scottlongyear.com and buy a copy of Soul Coma. Shameless and, plug. Shameless plug. But it, it's, it, it is, that's what you need. Um, you, you need your heart refreshed. 
um, in you you need your heart refreshed in terms yep. of what the calling is like, the high calling of leading people in worship. Dude, and, and okay, so I I might even I mean this isn't going to be one hundred percent true, but it, let's say you're a church that's having an issue with people not coming prepared. My first question is going to be, what is your preparation oh, as the leader? Absolutely. So then then there would be more questions I would ask. Are you the first one on stage or are you the last one on stage? Absolutely. Because every little thing that you do is sharing a message to your people about what kind of preparation they're going to do. So if you're constantly late, they're going to be constantly. If if you're uh, a worship leader and you, you lead from guitar and you don't have your guitar parts quite down yet. If you're not doing it, they're not going to. They're only going to go there. You can only lead them to somewhere you've already been during the week. And if you haven't gone to those places to practice, there's no no wonder why the rest of your team isn't prepared. Now, that I don't want that to be a blanket statement for everybody because there may be some of you who are prepared and you're ready to go and want to lead and you're still dealing with. But I do think a lot of us, we need to examine ourselves first before we even start to look at the rest of the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like your team is going to reflect you. You know, there was a study not long ago that says after five years, uh, the team or the church or whatever takes on the personality of their leader. Yeah. I've heard that. So that's a, that's a good stat. Yeah. If you're, if so if you're not preparing, like you said, or you're late or people come for rehearsal and you're running around, you know, making copies or whatever. Now, look, if you're a bivocational person or uh, ministry is not your, your full-time job, um, you, you get a, a little bit of a break on this because it's I grace, get that. Yeah. Like if you're, you know, you're a teacher or a lawyer or a plumber or whatever you, and you're doing that all day and then you're coming to lead rehearsal, uh, you know, we applaud you. So, but if you're a full-time, uh, a staff member, um, man, short of an emergency, uh, there really is no excuse for you not being prepared to lead your team for rehearsal. And if it happens more than a couple of times, man, I think you need to sit down to take a long, hard look in the mirror and uh, yeah. just refresh the calling, man. Refresh what this is all about in your heart. Refresh what it's about in your mind. Um, yep. You know, because you can't expect your people to be on time if you're not on time. You can't expect That's your right. people to be prepared if you're not prepared. So I've probably, uh, I've, I've hit that pretty hard. <laughs> No, but I think, I th dude, it's it's just so important. It is, and and I want to talk for a second to my production guys. If you're an audio guy and you go step behind that console and you've not listened to these songs, mm. how dare mm. how dare mm. you? Absolutely, you might have a great ear and can EQ and compress and do all those things that an audio engineer needs to be to do. But if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're turning a guitar driven song into a piano driven song mm -hmm. because you've not listened. That's not cool. Absolutely. Or you just assume like the soprano has the melody, so she's the loudest in the mix. And there are very few times in this in music as it exists today where that's going to be the case. And that, exactly. again, we talked last week about the Jesus Culture concert, and it was such an example in so many ways. But this is that you could tell. Now it's a it's a it's in the bubble. I get that they're on tour. They're doing a lot of these yeah. songs every night. But there was no hiccup. Like the audio guy knew exactly when Kim was going to be leading, or Chris, or Katie, or whatever. Um, it was it it you audio guys, man. You have got to know what's coming down the pipe. Well, and the same thing with our pro presenter ops. Mm. If you don't know the songs, you're not going to know when's the break in this song. When and so you a lot of times those 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 the singers they're waiting for that stage display. Absolutely, and now you're. You're leading the people, you're leading the people on stage. And if you don't know where the song's going, where are you leading them? Absolutely. That's, and that's the, that is the key. I, I had a production guy say to me once, you should have your music memorized. And you know what? Um, to a sense that is, that is true. But as a worship leader, there are so many things that you're responsible for in the moment. You know, you're a vocalist or, a, or sometimes a vocalist and a player. And uh, by the way, you're supposed to be leading these people in into an, a meaningful encounter with God, you know. Um, and so there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. And I, I would say to echo kind of what you just said, like if the lyrics aren't on time for me, man, they're not on time for the congregation. And there, there is nothing there are maybe are a couple of things, only a couple of things that will throw a, just a wet quenching blanket on a worship set 
faster than the lyrics not being on time or being not correct or or whatever. Yep. So, all right, you guys ready for this out there, listeners? Um, this is what, if you take the time to get people to sign the covenants and actually live them out, if you get people who to rehearse, when you're ready yourself, when your teams are ready, hey, Mr. Probs, how long is a rehearsal for you guys? Um, I will, uh, it's scheduled for an hour. Um, if, okay. it, if it goes an hour on the full, that means something has not gone right. If it goes, okay. if it goes over an hour and it's a, this is a regular week rehearsal. like if we're going Christmas or Easter, they're longer, but yeah, on a, on that, a regular week, if it goes an hour, we've, something's gone wrong. If it goes more than an hour, something catastrophic has happened. So what would you say is the average time a rehearsal lasts at your church? Uh, probably 45 to 50 minutes. And how many songs are you guys usually rehearsing? Four to usually four, um, sometimes five, okay. but most, most of the time it's four. So do the math on that. That's about what? 11 and a half minutes on each song. So maybe just running it through twice. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been times where Mr. Probs has left, uh, left rehearsal and called me and I'm like, you're done already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, here's the so, deal. Like they know, like, this is not when you're unless you're doing some really intricate band tune where, you know, the dynamics are all over the place and there's lots of like band hits and yeah. breakdown sections and all that stuff. Um, you know, they, they all know where that's coming from. And here's, here's another thing about preparation. If your people come to rehearsal and you're saying to them, Oh, by the way, we're cutting at this part, or we're going to double that chorus. Or if they're just finding that out, at, at rehearsal and you knew ahead of time, you know, dude, don't do that. Don't do, they need to know exactly what you're doing. And if you don't have the ability to, to edit MP3s and stuff like that, you know, whenever you send your plan out and please tell me you're sending that plan out, whether it's through planning center or whatever, uh, you, there's a place for notes. You tell them like, if, if we do a hymn out of the hymnal, my, my folks are going to know what verses we're doing. What's the form of that? Um, we do, uh, in addition to the planning center outline, we do a thing called a roadmap. And mm -hmm. one, once I tell you who I am, I'll, I'll post, I'll publish one of those roadmaps so you can see what it looks like. But it talks about the key. It talks about the form of the song. There's a, a note for vocalists. There's what their parts are. If there's somebody who's going to sing a verse as a solo, that's all notated on there. How, if we're going to end early or we're going to extend it, that's notated on there. Um, if uh, the source is notated on there, like Jesus Culture, uh, Live from New York, or whatever the name of the the CD that this uh, song comes from, like the arrangement that we're doing, it all comes from there. Um, and Planning Center has great resources if you use Planning Center. Um, and if you're for, not, you should. You should. You absolutely should. So like, you know, very few of us can sing in Chris Tomlin's original key. You, you've seen lots of memes about that on our, on our Instagram, but uh, you can plug those original keys into Planning Center and change the key of the MP3 file. Um, it does mess with the sound of the vocals a little bit, but it, it's, a, it's important to give your people uh, the context of exactly where their parts are going to fall, you know, what range it's going to fall in. Um, yep. Yeah, I could talk for days about preparation. Yeah, because here's the reality, um, especially worship production. Um, I know at my church, the commitment for a production person is 10 hours each week. Mm. Between our Thursday rehearsal, uh, we do a Saturday night service and we have a small rehearsal before that. And we have to be there 30 minutes before and we are typically there 15, 20 minutes after service. Man, the, the, the least amount of time I can keep them on campus is the better for them because they have families. I, I have two volunteers last night, an audio guy and, uh, and his wife. Uh, she's doing pro presenter. He, he's doing front of house. They literally, they run a grocery store, a family owned grocery store. They're coming straight from that. They got kids at baseball, daughters at gymnastics. Like it, it, part of being that good shepherd is I need to honor and help them steward their time correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Amen. And again, we, you'll hear us talk about this from time to time. I think this falls under the pastoral mantle 
of being yes. a worship leader, whether there's a pastor in your title or not. Uh, if you're leading these people and you're you're over them to shepherd them in some way, um, you you need to be aware of that pastoral mantle of uh, being a good steward of your own time and being a good steward of theirs as well. Yep. Well, I think that horse is dead. Yeah. But you know what? I'm sure we're going to come back to it and beat it some more. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I'm excited. We're about to go back into part two of the interview with Chris McClarney. Mm, so good, um, man. Some profound things. If he's going to teach, like, if you always have low expectations, you never can have them be ruined for you. So, <laughs> so we really hope that you enjoy part two of the interview with Chris McClarney. Okay, so Just next. to be frank. Is there is there anything you can't live without? Like, is it a like a grooming product, or Ooh, is it a? Um, gosh, Altoids or cough drops are up there. I really always kind of have one around. Um, anything I can't live without? No, it's probably that. Good, okay. Altoids. Yeah, it's probably yeah. that. Altoids. Altoids. Um. All right. Last question. Yes. If we could find a room big enough. Ooh. To gather every worship pastor, every worship leader, every production guy, put them in one room. We gave you a mic. What would be the one thing you would share with them? Um, an Altoid. I would share my Altoids. <laughs> <laughs> and a slobbery pick. Yeah. Um, what would I it's, Gosh, that would be a really big room. It would be a big uh, room. Cool. Uh, so that, just a side note, quick side note. I led worship with Matt Marr. In the Crystal Cathedral in L.A. Whoa. Yeah. So pretty big room, and it's all glass. Like, yeah. everything is glass. And as soon as I got in there and heard, like, any noise, and you realize how long it echoes, I was like, I have to try this. So uh, when I got up to lead worship, they prayed, and the lights went down, and I just sheepishly was like, hey, before we enter in, there's something I really want to try. Will you guys just all yell at the same time and then be real quiet right after it? And we can count and see how long it lasts. And so they were like, people were like, okay. So I was like, one, two, three. And everyone goes, hey. And it, I mean, it was like, ah, just lingered in the air. That's incredible. That's so awesome. I'd definitely try something like that if we had everybody. Because yeah. nice. that'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Um, What would I share? Gosh, I don't feel like I really... I'm not qualified. I wouldn't feel qualified to share with that group, but gosh, I mean, the things that I've learned more than anything is just to not take yourself too seriously. Cause yeah. when you're in front wow. of people, the tendency is to like, well, what, what happens the, the way people view me like matters in some way, but it, it really doesn't like yeah. what matters is, uh, you know, how you are with God, the father and Jesus and with your family, are you a good dad and good? But if people think you're cool, it's like real low on the what matters scale. That's so, true. um, and I think what happens is we, as worship leaders begin to put on the best version of ourselves. Like it's almost like an act. And then somewhere along the way, I think I realized about 10 years into leading worship. I don't, I, I'd forgotten who I used to be. Oh, because wow. I was just becoming some new version of myself wow. that I thought people would like more. Yeah. Oh man. And um, wow. so I, this is when it all came to a head for me. I was, I wanted to write a song. It was that same season where I knew I had to write for church and for record, but I told you I didn't like any of my songs. <laughs> yeah. But I was geeked out. I was ready to write. So sitting at my desk, uh, at church and I had multiple capos and folders and, and writing books. And, uh, I had rhyming dictionaries and regular dictionaries and highlighters. Cause who knows? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and different shaped Sharpies. Cause those things matter. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and, uh, multiple guitars all tuned to different tunings. And I was ready to write a song and I sat down in my office and I was holding my guitar and I had the books open and highlighters and pens ready to go. And I prayed this prayer. I said, God, give me the songs of heaven. And the idea was that if only I could tap into the song that they sing in heaven, surely that's like the next 
Yeah. You know, I could sing of your love forever. <laughs> like that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Like, can I tap into that? And I pray this prayer, God, give me the songs of heaven. And I sat at my desk and I felt like God showed up and it, it's a really weird, like people listening might go, well, what does that mean? You felt like God showed up. It, I was half scared. Like my heart was beating real fast. I, you just felt like this, like weight in the air of like, uh, and my heart was beating real fast and I was scared. Like, uh, what was me? My, these lips are very unclean. Yeah. <laughs> Look for pieces of coal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then the other half of me was like, oh yeah, here it comes. This is the next thing, you know, I can sing of you left forever. I'm about to get it. Yeah. And it wasn't the audible voice of God, but whatever's right below that. God said to me, Chris, I already have the songs of heaven. What I want are the songs of Chris. And it was like a brick hit me in the chest. And I just wept. I just wept because I was looking for some external like song or rhymes. Like, oh, if I could just find the right words that rhyme and put them together in the right way, then, you know, that's, but God wanted my song. Yeah. He's like, I've, I, you know, I've got angels that sing to me all the time, but what I don't have is you singing wow. your song. Wow. And so I wept and I pulled out my little songs that I didn't know that I didn't like. And I pulled them out and I was just like, this is all I have. I, these are my songs. And, uh, you know, I made a promise to God that I would write the songs that were from me, my song. And that's what started the journey of trying to figure out who I was because I realized I had just become the best like fake version of me that I could. So that was like, well, God help me get back to that. So I don't know if I'm there yet. I mean, it's hard. You're in front of people all the time and you want people to like you. So, um, what yeah. Is it, what's it like? And it, it, sometimes it's tough to put these two words together, but like, wh what's it like living as like a, a Christian celebrity? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you got a lot of followers on, on Instagram yeah. and we know how people are with Jesus culture and the whole Bethel thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, in conjunction with like your identity and who you are. And then also dealing with the fact of like, people look up to you in almost that celebrity type, you know, way. Yeah. I mean, it never really, I don't think I would call myself a celebrity. It doesn't really register in that way. I feel the weight of like, what I say um, might have a larger impact uh, in ways maybe not intended. Yeah. So I try to be real careful. I mean, it, it's it's what scripture talks about, that th those of us that are in leadership positions are held to a higher standard. Double portion. So it's like, I feel the weight of that. Like, you know, I I have to... I have to be careful with the uh, words that I say because there's life and death and in, in the power of the tongue. And I feel like uh, when you have a lot of followers, then, you know, a simple like misstep could, you know, be horrible. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, uh, for the most part, I, I just like to have fun with things. So yeah. it's like, yeah. Um, and I think people know that that's my personality. So, Oh, I mean, the Instagram stories of the tiny arms. Oh, the tiny hands. <laughs> Th those were fantastic. Yes. Well, I'm so happy we're talking about this. <laughs> so I'm on tour with Lauren Daigle for your listeners that don't know what we're talking about. I'm on tour with Lauren Daigle and everybody goes out to get coffee every day, but they drive like so freaking far away. Yeah. Like why, why not just make a Keurig? It's the same thing. <laughs> But I would never say that to them. Hopefully they don't listen to this. But they everybody no, hopefully to, they do. Everybody they want to get fancy coffee all the time. Yeah. So but I'm along for the ride. I like to have fun. But we drive like 40 minutes, an hour, whatever, into town to get coffee at some fancy shop. And the Lord provides a huge toy store <laughs> directly across the street. So I was like, Yes. You guys just get me whatever coffee. All I need is caffeine. Just get me a coffee. I'm going to be over here. And I walk in and I'm just looking through like what kind of stuff can I get in trouble with tonight? <laughs> and I find those little uh, balsa wood planes, you uh -huh. know, the oh, planes yeah? that you put together. And I just buy like 10 of them. <laughs> and I, we were at the biggest church I've ever been to. It was in Houston. It was in Texas. It's massive. And like four store, four balconies. Wow. Oh my it was crazy. Goodness. And I was like, 
I'm going to buy these planes and we're going to see if we can make it all the way to the stage. So uh, we get there and they were the rubber band wind up propeller ones. It was awesome. Yeah. My plan was awesome. So I'm checking out and lo and behold, there at the checkout right next to where you pay are these really tiny hands <laughs> that you put on your fingers. Yeah. And something in my heart leapt. And I was like, this, <laughs> my this heart leapt. yes, this is me. So I bought a right hand and a left hand version. And didn't tell anyone, just got on the bus and started like rubbing the shoulder of my friend, like with the tiny hand and my sleeve pulled down over it. And we laughed so hard about it. I mean, we laughed the whole 40 minutes back, just whatever we could do with tiny hands. And again, I think I told you guys that when you're on tour, you're, you're bored a lot of the time. Yeah. So we made it our life goal, that whole tour. Every morning, we would like storyboard how we were going to film <laughs> these hands. And we and, and we did everything. People should go back and watch them because they're stupid. When you would play funny. guitar with yeah. the tiny hands, I, I would die. Every well, you time. have to play. You have to be. A, you have to be serious. And then there's just a tiny hand. That's how it works. Yes. And and, and you can't reveal it right away. You have to think it's a serious post. Yeah. So it's just my face singing a song, and then it pans down. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a tiny hand. <laughs> so we do that. And um, but here's what I wanted to tell you guys, and why I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. Um. So I'm in the UK and um, there is, I'm so pumped about it because everybody's laughing about the tiny hands and I have to do this radio interview and I'm like, this will be so funny. I'm going to put the hand on and after the interview starts, I'm just going to push up my glasses or something (laughs) and answer the question. It'll be so funny. And so the interviewer said, Hey, um, this is going to be so easy. Like we're just going to, record this and if you don't like something say you don't like it and we'll erase it later it'll be fine and then she she's like all right let's get started and she pushes record but she has an actual withered hand oh no i immediately melted down like i I, (laughs) all the blood left my head just hot right oh (laughs) i couldn't get it off my finger because they (laughs) suction cup on (laughs) and i was just like mortified because well, one, I, I don't, even if she had seen him, I don't think she would have said like, oh, he's making fun of me. But in the moment, it would definitely feel that way. So I was oh like, my oh my gosh, I got to get this <laughs> oh off. My goodness. And it was horrible. And oh. then another thing that happened. So that was horrible. It was fine. I made it through the interview and I got it off my finger finally. But I was with, uh, uh, doing a tour. Maybe we were in somewhere in Southeast. And uh, this girl comes up and goes, hey, my mom wants me to take a picture with you. And I was like, all right, cool. She goes, but you have to use your tiny hand because I have a tiny hand. And she had an actual withered hand and she wanted to take a picture with me. So I don't know if if it's a positive image for people with tiny hands oh that are goodness. actual or. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> incredible. It- <laughs> incredible. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how, how do you. So every night you're doing this yeah. right how do you how do you stay f- fresh how do you i mean altoids obviously right are so a huge fresh. help yeah so fresh for uh, curiously fresh curiously so how do you what wh- what's your what's your process like for staying fresh when you've got to get out there and and do it all again tonight well i think a lot of people probably face the same i mean it's a little more compact but uh, I, my guess is a lot of worship leaders feel the same way Sunday to Sunday because a lot of times you're doing the same thing week after week. Um, <clears throat> so I think this this works for both me on the road and people at home. But I I try to stay as like because it's like a callus on my on the tip of my finger from playing guitar. I think your heart can get that way sometimes yeah. when you're just doing. Uh, you're going through the motions and uh, like you get, you get injured along the way. Like mm-hmm. maybe your pastor says something that, that hurts your feelings and it's not even what he intended, but it like the way you received it. And it's just like a little Nick. And, yeah. and before long, your, your heart begins to get hard. And then uh, you find yourself going, well, I, I don't even feel like I'm worshiping anymore. Yeah. So for me, I try to daily just be like, P 
picking away at that that yeah. callus. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, make my heart tender again and uh, surprise me again um, with your presence. And um, and then practically, which I know this doesn't work for everybody, but um, I never do the same set exactly the same way twice. Even if we have three, like at my church, we have three services on Sunday morning. Yeah. I'll change every one of them. And uh, I'll often do it like on the fly. And I think part of it is um, just for my own sake, my own sanity's sake. Uh, And part of it is there's something weird that happens when you go off script, even if it's just a little bit, like even if you're just taking a tiny, like you add an extra chorus to a song, yeah, which seems like not a big deal, but I know for some people it feels like a big deal. But the like, oh, I'm going to add an extra chorus, and there's something about the way it breaks down all the plans that kind of makes the band guys like now they're not just doing what they're supposed. They're actually having to enter in and worship, yeah, and it makes the sound guy like, oh, well, what's happening, like, yeah. And then there's this like energy in the room, this excitement of like risk. Yeah. Like yeah. this could fail and rarely does it. I mean, we're just adding a chorus to a song, yeah. Yeah. you know, but I've kind of gotten addicted to that feeling. And now I'll just throw in a whole extra song. And the, these guys, like the band, guy, Jesus culture guys know it. Yeah. So my set tonight, uh, I'll do a set to open us up and then come back out and do the rest with the whole band. But my opening set piece is three songs that we've planned and then just who knows. <laughs> Let's go, nice. baby. I love it. I love it. So, and it works because we know each other and we play together a yeah. lot. And, um, so maybe that's something else I'd tell the worship room full of worship leaders okay. is um, there's something awesome about jamming with your band yeah. <laughs> to the point where like, okay, we know that we can, we can take a left turn and everybody's on board. And the the also, also this is the best part about the risk thing that I'm talking about. If it and here's what's weird about it, we are addicted to risk and everything else. Like oh, you yeah. watch, you watch football. It's all about like uh, it's the tension of it all. Oh, that, yeah. that yeah. makes people yep. movies would be so lame if there was no tension. Books, yeah. I mean, tension is what we're we love as people, and yet we don't want any in our own life. But I think as worship leaders, if we just start to take these little risks, then what happens is when we fail, the crowd responds in not the way you're expecting. Because you're expecting they'll be like, ha, you you failed. Yeah. But what they instead they're like, oh, this isn't as this isn't a show. Like that we're all in this together. Yeah. And then when you pick it back up, they sing louder than they did before. And I know this for a fact because I've failed a whole lot <laughs> and it's always <laughs> awesome right after the failure. Yeah. You train wreck and then you you laugh it off and pick back up your guitar going, all right, let's just go back in. People are way in. Yeah. So I that's the, that. that's your worst case scenario. Yeah. I've just described the worst case scenario. And obviously it doesn't work that way at every church. And some churches are very meticulous and, but in whatever little ways you can take risk, you should do it. Yeah. Cause it's fun. Absolutely. I love that. So as we're sitting here talking, I've noticed there's like, I see there's like three iterations of Chris McClarney. Ooh. There's Chris McClarney, the songwriter. Yeah. There's Chris McClarney, the artist. And yeah. Chris McClarney, the worship leader. Yeah. And which of those iterations do you feel like the most comfortable? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I'm fully comfortable in any of them because I just don't feel like I know what I'm doing at any given moment. Like if I'm in a songwriting room, I feel like, like I have no idea what I'm doing. Why am I even here? And part of that might be insecurities. I need to work out with God. Um, Or, you know, like uh, even at church, I I feel like I'm not the best worship pastor. Um, but we have a great team that kind of fills in the blanks. So, yeah. Um, gosh, uh, leading worship is where I probably feel most at home because okay. uh, I've done it for so long now. It you, you don't have to. I, I'm not engaging the practical side of my brain that's like play this chord now. Yeah. Uh, but it's just happening, and then my brain can kind of chase after. Yeah. 
moments. Gotcha. It's a, and we talked about this at a Q&A the other day. For me, what we do uh, is kind of like surfing, where you just paddle out into the water and wait for a wave yeah. and then start start paddling real fast yeah, to try and absolutely. catch it. And then you ride it as long as you can. And sometimes you fall off and you just paddle back out. But that's what it's kind of the way that I lead worship. And, and so it feels fun for me because uh, I feel like I'm having a blast doing it. Yeah. And yeah. That's so cool. probably that one. That's awesome. It looks like you're having a blast doing it. I do have a blast. <laughs> That's awesome. Part of that is the Altoid, though. It makes you really <laughs> smile and open Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, everybody, we're going to get sponsorships was from it, Altoids. That's yeah. what we need. So what, was it Michael English that always would sing with a piece of Wrigley gum. Spearmint yeah. gum oh, in his mouth? my dude. I dude, love if I that sounded guy. like that, I would buy What was his song? Pe- in Christ Alone? Yes. 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 Oh, he was, love that. Oh, man. So good. So good. So we were, we were talking earlier. Do you want to ask him where the soul come from? Yeah, where's the soul come from? Because uh, it is, it is, it is, it is deep. It man. is, and it's it's so refreshing. It's fantastic. I think it's so refreshing because You're so nice. No, I'm just saying, like, because everything on of the real mainstream stuff is always so perfect and cut and dry and you're just up there riffing and you feel that soul coming through just going uh, yeah i'm just touching my ear and going to town (laughs) wiggling a finger Um, christina aguilera yeah it's um it's that uh sorry that was probably a little pitchy i couldn't touch my ear and wiggle the finger at the same time (laughs) so hold the mic right we're asking so much is the the guitar pick still in your mouth no i took it out okay okay now it's a cough drop. Okay. Your people can hear it clicking against my teeth. <laughs> That's going to be fun to edit. Well, we'll just praise God I'm for waves. I'm just going to do this the rest of the time. <laughs> Good thing I just bought X-Click. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which sponsorships are welcome. <laughs> from Absolutely. the X-Click Yeah, people. we're actually working through some sponsorships yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, the soul. Oh, the the soul. soul. So I grew up in a my dad was a Southern Baptist youth pastor. So we had no secular music at my house. And this was in Nashville. Uh, Yes. So we ended up in Nashville when I, my parents are from there. My grandparents are from there. And then my parents got into youth ministry and moved to Atlanta, which is where they had me. And then Louisville about a year later, then Atlanta and then Birmingham and then Huntsville and moved back to Nashville when I was like 10 or 11. Gotcha. But it was always at home. It was always in between. But uh, we had no secular music at the house. And we listened to Sandy Patty. And we listened to uh, uh, Larnell Harris. Yes. And, um, More than wonderful. <clears throat> yeah. And we listened to... Uh, it was all on vinyl. So, uh, I mean, it took forever. If you wanted to listen to a yeah. song, it's like, okay, I like that one Sandy Patty song. We'll get there in Fun 20 minutes. Fun fact about Sandy Patty. Yeah. She actually reached out to us on Instagram today no and asked way. to be on. Today. Yeah, she's coming on, man. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Sandy Patty. Right? She's amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I listened to all that, but this is this is where it all changed for me. It's a scene in a movie. Sister Act Two. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. So there's this scene. <laughs> there's this scene in Sister Act Two where they're they're doing they're doing their show and the little dude singing the solo, the guy with that does the whistle tone like Mariah Carey. Yeah. He's singing his solo and uh, there's Whoopi Goldberg, like all frustrated because he's singing like this. Oh, happy day. And it, now here's the thing that's crazy about it is he's singing all the right notes. Yeah. And, and they, he's singing the notes. They're the right notes. Yeah. It's not pitchy. He's not singing bad notes. But then she's like, so she does the la, 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 la. And then all of a sudden he comes back and he's like, oh, happy day. And I was like, what happened? What just happened? He teaches flip the switch. So I was like, can I do that? So I started, I just started flipping the switch. I quit going, I quit singing, oh, happy day. And just started trying to give it a little bit of the biz. A little something, something on it, huh? It works. That's awesome. So Sister Act 2 changed my life. Changed your life. Yeah. Okay. So we see on Instagram, lots of people on the Jesus Culture Tour using these. Oh, the little. uh, Do you have one? I don't. Or does Kim share hers with you? (laughs) (laughs) 
I like those are the only two options. <laughs> Did I bring my own or do I share Kim's? Um, no, neither of those. Uh, the other people are so good about that. The steaming there. Yeah. I'm bad. I don't know how to do any of that. You don't right need there. to, though. You've got all the Altoids. you got it, man. Right? I got the Altoids. They steam me. Curiously. <laughs> Curiously steamy. <laughs> Curiously steamed. Yeah. Dude, so do Brian and Katie bring their baby on tour? Yeah. Well, this is the first time because they just had a baby. So, the baby's here. Are y'all sleeping all in the same bus? And no. Bunks? Okay. I'll uh-huh. say, what do you do if that baby's yeah, all crying at night? They're on a bus with, uh, there's a lot of people on that bus. I want to say they have. 13 people on that bus. Oh, um, We are on a bus. We have 10 people and it's uh, all the band guys and me and Chris. And then Kim is on a bus with uh, her family. So cool. Kim has her kids, her three kids. Oh, that's awesome. Um, all under the age of five. I think. Yeah, crazy wow. on a bus. And, uh, and so that's Kim, Kim's family and some of the, uh, crew, yeah, uh, and her butterflies. She, uh, they got uh, caterpillars at the beginning of tour, and they just hatched. Oh, yesterday. that's cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. we have sitting in here with us my wife Lori and Mrs. Worship Leader Problems. I just, do you guys have any questions you'd like to ask, Chris? <laughs> they said no. They said no. Okay. <laughs> This has been fascinating. <clears throat> this has been really fun, dude. Seriously, thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah, man. We can't wait for tonight. Yeah, no. My wife and I woke up. Low expectations. Remember, oh, I told right. you that. He told us before we before we hit record. Low expectations. If you have low expectations, you will almost never be disappointed. Right. Yes. And you can do that with anything in life. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, that's maybe what we'll call the episode. Low, low expectations. Low expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how people will be so confused until the very end of the episode. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They'll be they like, oh, about? that's why it's called low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Chris, thank you so much, man. We can have you back on again. Yes. Yeah. You. Well, if you're willing, I'm down. I'm cool. down. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. Wow, dude. Still, as I'm looking back, it's been a couple of weeks since we went. I am blown away. We got to do that, dude. I am. It was, it was so cool. Um, what a hospitable guy. I mean, yeah, dude, just very generous with his time. And so, and he's yeah. sharing about the podcast on his social media. So, so cool. Dude. Thanks brother for that. Do you want to give the listeners a, a sneak peek into who we got next week? If I can make it through this. Okay. So this was uh, like, if I've ever had a fangirl moment, it's, <laughs> it's going to be uh, this next week. And it's a, uh, is it a, it's a two-parter too, right? So far, all of our interviews have been two-parters. They've just been so good. And we right. want to make we sure everybody so gets fun. to hear the whole thing. Yeah. So next, the next, probably the next two weeks, the one and only Paul Balash. Dude, the godfather. The godfather. And I, seriously, he spent probably two hours with us that day. It was, it was crazy. And like it was the next awesome. day, he's like in somewhere out west you know like the washington state or some i mean like he's all over the getting ready to go to to a, a tour to france he's um and and by the way we didn't even we didn't even talk to him about christmas worship as somebody who's been planning <laughs> christmas worship for over 20 years like, yeah i i fall to my knees and give thanks for for <laughs> his christmas worship cds yeah Oh, that's man. The, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. So good. That, if you don't have yeah, them, so get them. Get them. Well, hey, again, if you're listening to this thing, you're liking this thing, could you please go to your favorite podcast platform? Can you like it? Subscribe to it. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us some kind words. We'd really appreciate that. Um, anytime you guys do that, it, it helps get the podcast more exposure through each of those different platforms. And so we are just thankful for you, the listeners, for you that follow on the Instagram account. And uh, Mr. Probs, I mean... Tell them what'll happen if we get to fifty thousand followers. So the comment I get, the question I get the most is, "Who are you? Why won't you tell us who you are? We want to know what church you serve at, whatever." So I it it up till this point it has been 
advantageous to to for people to not know. Okay, so yeah. like I I I can be a little more honest with people not knowing, but I've just I feel like I I you, I can still be honest with you knowing yeah. who I am. I'm not going to do that in episode five, but if you no. will help us get to fifty thousand followers on Instagram, and we're well over halfway there. If you can Ooh, help, help us get to 50,000 Instagram followers, I'll tell you who I am. We'll have a big, man, nice, long talk about awesome. it. And I will, we'll take it on the road. Maybe, maybe we'll come, oh, yeah. come to your church and talk to your team. Um, and, and also MVPs, man, email oh, us yeah. your MVP. And yep. here's what we need. We need you to follow us on Instagram. We need you to send us a picture of the, of the person you're nominating, a staff member and, or a volunteer. We need a picture. We need the name of the church. And uh, what they do at the church, why are you nominating them? Why are they just an awesome person who deserve yep. to be uh, an MVP? And, and lastly, give us their uh, Instagram account name so that we can tag them uh, when, we, uh, when we post about them being an MVP. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again. Look us up on social media. You can find us on Instagram at, at @worshipleaderprobs, on uh, Facebook, worshipleaderprobs, and then on uh, Twitter, it's something else just look for the blue face or the the bearded glassed face guy with the blue yeah. background and if you know That's the, the easiest way to find it. worship leader probs on twitter connect him to us we we need we need that name <laughs> awesome all right guys well thanks again for listening and until next time see ya Deuces.